This is Meditations for Misfits, and I'm Fred Gruy. With the exercises I have planned for uh, this week and next week uh, are designed to help us connect with our own finitude, with our mortality. And so at any point, if these get a little too intense for you, you can just stop and turn your... Uh, turn the podcast off and go about and do the things that bring you uh, enjoyment. But uh, yeah, this is designed to help us get in touch with the end of our lives. This first exercise was uh, developed by uh, Ronald Peake and James Woolridge of the Hospice of Marin in California and modified by Monica Eberts. And so... As we get ready for this exercise, I'm going to ask you to assemble 20 different little pieces of paper. They can be post-it notes or some just little chits of paper, 20 different pieces of paper. And on these little pieces of paper, I'm going to ask you to write uh, some things that are important to you. Now, as you do this, nobody's going to look at these. You're not going to have to show these to anybody. This is just for you. This is all in preparation for the exercise. And so on the first five little slips of paper, I'd like to ask you to write five items or possessions you own possessions now that are very important to you. One possession on each slip of paper. And these have to be material things, uh, tangible items that you consider of high value to you. They could be things like your journal or your home or your car or a piece of jewelry. But uh, these are five material objects that are important to you, one on each of the first five pieces of paper. And then when you finish that, on the next five pieces of paper, I'm going to ask you to write down five things that you value highly in nature. And these are things that bring you joy from the world around you. They, they could be such things as like a beautiful sunset or the smell of roses or perhaps just uh, sitting and watching a lightning storm. But five uh, things that you do in nature that bring you great joy, one on each of the next five slips of paper. On the third five slips of paper, I'm going to ask you to write down five things that are important activities to you or hobbies, or things you like to do in your leisure, or so on. Maybe like gardening, or hiking, or walking on the beach. So different activities that you enjoy, maybe game night with your family. But five activities that you enjoy, one on each of the next five slips of paper. And then finally, on the final five slips of paper... I'm going to ask you to write down the names of the people that are most important to you, the, the five individuals you cherish the most. And if you've got seven or eight kids, I'm not going to, you can put children down. I'm not going to ask you to pick uh, which child you like. But one, generally one name on each of the last five slips of paper. So when you finish the preparation for this exercise, you should have 20 pieces of paper, 20 post-it notes. The first five 
uh, listing one item each of a possession you have that's very meaningful to you. The second uh, list of five items, next five pieces of paper will have one item each on uh, different things you joy, enjoy in nature. On the third, five pieces of paper, one item each on uh, activities or hobbies that you greatly enjoy. And then on the last five pieces of paper, the names of individuals that are important to you. So you should have 20 pieces of paper with one thing listed on each of the pieces of paper. And as we get ready to do this exercise, I'm going to recommend that you have those 20 pieces of paper uh, spread out in front of you, not on top of each other or not stacked, but uh, individually placed in front of you so that you can look at them. And as I say, you're not going to show these to anybody. This isn't for anybody else. This is just for you. And so once you have all of that put together, we can then begin the exercise. I'm going to tell you a story. Now, this story will be about you. And I want you to consider what you would be feeling and thinking about these events if they actually were happening to you. And so here is the exercise. It's a warm summer day, and you've worked hard and played hard all day long. You're feeling good about yourself and about your life and you head home and decide to take a shower before heading off to bed. And as you're drying yourself off after your shower, you notice something that was not there before. It's a lump where a lump should not be. Now, it's small, but it is painful. And fear strikes you deep in your heart. You, you brush it off thinking that you're just imagining that it will be something that it's not. You find you can't sleep much that night. And despite your wishes, that lump continues to enlarge and become even more painful. And the fear about the lump begins to affect other areas of your life. You, you, you're beginning to feel anxious and worried. And you tell a loved one about the lump. And then you call the doctor for an appointment. And the process has begun. It's time for you to give away something in your life. It's time for you to give up one of those slips of paper that you have in front of you and crumple it up and toss it on the floor. Choose a slip of paper, crumple it up, toss it on the floor. Now, for the next several days, you worry and then you find yourself in the doctor's waiting room and you, and you feel nervous. Your senses are heightened. You, you notice everything in the room, the ticking of the clock, the receptionist clicking her pen, the worn-out magazines, and the fish tank gurgling air bubbles. You realize that you're feeling anxious. You tell yourself, oh, you're just making a big deal out of nothing. Your name is called and you jump a little. Your heart's beating faster now, and the doctor takes a history and uh, tries to second, and you try to second guess why he's asking all these questions about malignancy in your family history. Oh, it's probably nothing, he says with a, 
look of worry on his face. But we ought to do some further tests just to be sure. As these things run through your mind, more loss, more fear occurs. So now take three of those slips of paper in front of you, crumple them up, and toss them onto the floor. We'll know more by Friday, says the doctor, smiling reassuringly. I'll call you. You get into your car, and you drive the few miles home. It's two more days until Friday, and you try to keep your mind off of what might happen. Now, no matter how many other ways you try to distract yourself, you keep coming back to that damn lump. Your family is helpful, too helpful as a matter of fact. You think a lot about what if, and how would they make ends meet if I really got sick. It's only Wednesday night, and the time is dragging on slowly. A tear comes to your eye as you try to go to sleep. Life is really precious. Your family means so much. Take two more of those slips of paper in front of you and crumple them up and drop them on the floor. Thursday plods along and Friday is finally here. You didn't sleep too well last night. Oh, it's nothing, you tell yourself, but deep down you wonder. The day seems to drag on and you wonder why you haven't been called yet. And at about two o'clock in the afternoon, the phone rings. It's the nurse at the doctor's office. Could you come in at about 3.30, she asks. The doctor wants to talk with you. Fear strikes you deeper this time and you worry about what sort of news it is that the doctor can't talk about over the telephone. Slowly, methodically, you prepare to go to the doctor's office. The lump is still there and you feel it's grown larger just this week. It's time to give up another of those slips of paper, crumple it up and drop it on the floor. Another thing of value. The doctor's examination room is colder this time and feels more sterile. His examination of the lump again, and he does some more tests and then asks you to dress and come to his office. As you walk to the office, your heart begins to beat faster and your legs feel like rubber. The doctor sits in a chair next to you and the words you've dreaded to hear are finally spoken. I'm afraid I have some bad news for you. You can't remember all the doctor says in the next few minutes, but the words surgery, radiation, chemotherapy jump out. You thought you could take this bad news. You, you thought you were strong, but now loss, grief, fear, anxiety, and loneliness have a deep new meaning. Take three more of those slips of paper in front of you and crumple them up and drop them on the floor. A week goes by. The surgery goes well, the doctor said, and he prescribes a mixture of radiation and chemotherapy as a proper course of action. You have a leave of absence from your work or your school and responsibilities, and the doctor takes talks in terms of uh, six to eight months of recuperation 
but won't be much more specific than that. Money is tight, sure, but it's a stress you hardly have time to think about with all the appointments, the medications, the adjusting to having good days and bad days. Things are different now, and it's hard to realize that so much of your life has changed in just a few short weeks. A month goes by. The friends that were so supportive at the time of your operation are strangely silent now. It, it's not that they dislike you. It, it's just they avoid you, like your disease was contagious or something. Maybe it's the way I look, you ask yourself, as you look into the mirror and see the gaunt figures that are only a shadow of what you once looked like. My skin, my hair, will I ever look the same? You've lost weight and you cry more now. Your life seems to be slipping away. The, the body has lost a great deal of its energy. Recreation activities have lost their pleasure now. Why even going to the bathroom is difficult. You've changed. Life has changed. Now it's time to give up two more of those slips of paper in front of you. Crumple them up and toss them on the floor. Several months pass and you know somehow deep inside you're not getting any better. One clue was that the doctor stopped all treatments. He tells you they've worked as well as they can, but you wonder if he isn't just abandoning you because there's nothing left for curative medicine to do. You're confined to bed most of the time. The yard outside is full of weeds and the early signs of winter are coming on. Your family and your friends from out of state come more often now, and it begins, slowly at first, to dawn on you that the end, your death, is in sight. Give away three more of those pieces of paper, crumple them up, and drop them on the floor. One February morning, the doctor comes by and orders your pain medication to be increased. You're nauseated all of the time now, and your days and nights are hard to keep separated. Sometimes you awake at night wondering if you're dead or still alive at all. Life has lost so much of its meaning. Life seems to be spinning out of control. Take two more of those pieces of paper, crumple them up, and drop them on the floor. You wake up early one morning, not even sure whether it's morning or night or even if you're awake. You faintly hear birds chirping somewhere in the distance. Your breathing has become more labored, more difficult. You somehow sense this may be your last day. Crumple up another of those sheets of paper and drop it on the floor. Your breathing becomes slower, more difficult. You awake to complete silence. You feel disoriented, not sure where you are. Am I still alive, you wonder. You take a long, deep breath, holding it in and letting it go. Then another deep breath. Hold it in and let it go. The last breath 
was your last breath. You have died. Crumple up the remaining pieces of paper and brush them to the floor. Now remember to breathe. Keep breathing. With each new breath, sense your energy, the health that you have now. You are alive and well. You are whole and you can return to the world of the living and living people. This exercise is now over, but at some point, later today, later this week, I'd like you to really think about the thoughts and feelings you've had during this exercise. Think about the things that were truly important to you, the things that you held on to the longest. Now, the purpose of this exercise was not to scare you, but to help remind you that you're still alive. Go live life large now, while you still have time, while you still have energy, while you still have the mental acuity or ability to enjoy and savor the incredible gift of this life. <laughs>